0: Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So whether or not I make it through all the slides today, this is it. Okay, I promise you part three and then we're done. Okay, so that's my limit for today. So I'll try to quickly kind of catch any one of you up who hasn't been part of part one and two. And I have some repetition from last week there too. This is the graph where we left it. And it's a graph that works both psychologically as well as spiritually. Most of you know I'm a professional counselor, licensed professional counselor, and I'm a licensed and ordained minister. So I do both. I look both at human problems from a psychological perspective and at the spiritual perspective. And I find that this is true. In both worlds, we don't have to separate it. The further away we put something, we project our pain, what it ultimately is, the further away we project our problems, the less we are able or willing to look at ourselves. And the closer we project, our problems, the more awareness we gain until eventually, and that's where the spiritual power comes in, the Father and I are one. You know, those words that Jesus spoke have a lot more to it than we often believe. It's in that I that you see on the left where God and I become one. The father, the mother, the universe, whatever you call it, we become one. And in that oneness, we gain awareness. So our journey really is whether we're trying to psychologically heal a trauma or whether we want to grow spiritually, our journey will always be if I project out how much do I look within? Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be concerned about stuff that happens around the world. Of course we should. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk to our families and have conversations and work through conflict. Of course we should. But whenever we say, it's all you and it's not me, That's when you need to look at this. It's all them, and it's not me. That's when we need to look at that. It's when we say that whatever happens in our lives has absolutely nothing to do with us, and it's all happening to us, that's when we need to look at that a little bit closely. And here is a solution to what we can do. I talked about divisiveness, I talked about disconnectedness, I talked about that there is no way, according to our beliefs and many religious beliefs, that we can ever be separate from God. That's the crucial difference between traditional Christian or theistic theology, Christian, Jewish, and Muslim theology, that emphasize separation from from God and us to our theology, panentheism, right? Panentheistic idea that's more Hindu or Buddhist that goes, no, there's no way that there can be a separation. So then, when we feel disconnected, one thing must be true. If we feel disconnected, and it's impossible for us to be disconnected. What must we do? We must connect. It's upon us. It's us who make the connection to God, to the universe, to nature, <clears throat> to other people, to the spirit in others, to the God that we see in others. Right? Seeing God in others is a beautiful thing. Because it would be impossible for us to see God in others if we didn't have God within us. Have you ever thought about that? That's spiritual. Psychological, also true according to research, we wouldn't be able to see the flaw in someone else if we didn't have some significant idea what that flaw looks like within us. Does that make sense? So if that makes sense, why doesn't it make sense that if we see God in someone else, that we don't have God within us? It must make sense, right? God must be within us, even if we believe in a moment, it's not. He or she, whatever. With me? Okay. Good. So... Beautiful topic to talk about, probably one of the scariest topic topic to talk about for a unity minister, because it's one of the most confusing topics to talk about. Denial versus denial. There's two ways of looking at denial, and they both have merit and are important to apply what I just said in our lives. One is what I call the traditional understanding, which we all know what it means to deny. And the other one is the unity understanding, which is totally different. And it's in connection with prayer, connection with the way we pray affirmatively. And those of you who have studied unity prayer, you hear me often use denials in my talks, in my prayers. They're always in there somehow. So here are some definitions. Traditionally, <laughs> denial means a statement that something is not true, the refusal of something requested or desired, failure to acknowledge an unacceptable truth or emotion. That's often when our denial comes in. That's traditional. Everyone familiar with that? Totally makes sense, right? Good. Unity, oh boy. And here's Joss Fillmore. I love him. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But his wording sometimes really sucks. (laughs) The process, the mental process of erasing from consciousness the false beliefs of the saint's mind. Denial clears away belief in evil as reality, and thus makes room for the establishing of truth. All true, and those of you who are taking Unity Metaphysics and taking classes, you go, yeah. Totally get it. But I'm pretty sure that most of you go, huh? (laughs) Right? And even I sometimes go, could he have phrased it a little bit different? But what denial is, it's in combination with denials and affirmation. It shows up in our fourth principle. Denials and affirmation are spiritual practices that we teach and practice in unity. And they're, they're, they're together. We actually even say, don't use affirmations unless you use denial. We must first erase from our consciousness that which is not true before we can accept a new truth. Does that make sense? Right? It's impossible to go and just adopt a new truth without working on the old truth a little bit. The Bible is full of stories that talk about this. This is not unity. The Bhagavad Gita is full of stories. This is not just unity. Unity put a language around it, and that's it. Not really a good language given, but a language, right? So with denial, we are erasing, completely eliminating, what is no longer true in our lives. Which is completely different to our traditional understanding of denial, right? Where we go, oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> and then once we do the denial work, the unity denial work, then we affirm, I am health and wholeness. I am love itself expressing in this world. I am a child of God who does not inherit sickness. I am a loving and kind human being who is opening my arms to everyone I welcome today. But before we do that, the recommendation by Charles Myrtle, Fillmore, our co-founders, always was use denials. Erase first what you know to no longer be true. Such as, I am not loved. Ever had that thought in your mind? I am not worthy of love. No one loves me. It's very hard when we hold on to those images, ideas. It's very hard to then truly have faith and have conviction in a statement like, I am love itself. Because we're trying to hold on, I am not worthy of love, and here I am reading an affirmation, I am love itself, or I am love expressing. It's a conflict, right, isn't it? And as long as we have that conflict, there is always some diminishment of the power of that affirmation. We must be willing to address rather than deny, traditionally speaking, what's really going on with us. We must first address, hey, if I'm really honest to myself, you know, brushing my teeth at the end of the day all by myself, when I don't have to put a mask on, when I can be truthful to myself, when I look into that, these are my thoughts, these are my beliefs. Truthfulness is so important. And before we can be truthful, we need to be aware. And before we we can be aware, we need to stop projecting. We need to bring it closer. We need to make it personal. We need to realize it's us, the I, the I am, that I am, that is speaking and listening. The other thing that Charles Fillmore says about denial is the letting go piece, Erasing from consciousness again, thoughts contrary to truth, this is done by denial. So here it gets a little bit easier. He could have just said, denial is letting go." right That would have worked. But here we are. So letting go makes sense, right? We need to let go of an old, old belief in order to accept a new belief. The boy needs to let go of his boyishness in order to become a man. You know, the whole idea in tribal culture of making that transition that's very ritualistic done often. Again, we see this in the Easter story, Good Friday, as an example of that. Jesus must... Be crucified for him to be resurrected. If he wasn't crucified, resurrection wouldn't happen. Crucifixion in unity is again the same as denial and letting go. Same idea, crucifying that which is not true so that we can resurrect ourselves into what actually is. And we do this in small pieces. This is not you know, a big grand gesture that we have to work on for the you know for fifty years. And then when we are finally ready and have all the degrees and all the money and all the houses and cars that we ever wanted, then we are ready to do it? No. This is so simple. It's simple. We can do it right now. You know, pick any of the false beliefs that you have about yourself. I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not loved. I'm not lovable. Pick any of those that you might have. As silly as they may sound. And now you say the following. I release the power I give to that false belief. I release the power that I give to this false belief. And instead, I resurrect myself in you. Into the person I truly want to be. That is an example of a denial and an affirmation. Let like go first, release, crucify, forgive, and then step into. So here together, Denial, traditional, failure to acknowledge an unacceptable truth or emotion versus denial, unity, and I paraphrase here, the process of releasing the power we give to something that is not true, the false belief. And my preferred way to teach denial, as some of you who take classes with me know, is, is to release the truth, is to release the power. Sorry, release the power we give to something that is not true. Because what we're not doing, and here is where denial, traditional, becomes important, the difference. What we're not doing is we're not releasing the false belief itself. We're not denying the false belief. We are acknowledging that the false belief is there. We just take away the power that we give to it. And instead, we give our power to something else. So it's a power movement that we do within ourselves. Make sense? Because if we deny that which is not true, guess what happens? I heard it grows. Who said that? It grows. Whatever we focus on grows, right? So if we keep denying, traditionally speaking, that we are not lovable. We are not acceptable. If we keep denying that, even though it's clearly there, what we're actually doing is you're putting more and more and more attention there. And then we're using affirmations, and we're contradicting ourselves all the time. Again, I do this in counseling as, as exercises with my clients all the time. I do it spiritually with my students all the time. That is the crux that we are not willing to stand in our truth and say, huh, here I am. This is really what's going on. If I'm really truthful to myself, then this is really what's going on. That's step number one. Anyone in AA? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you know about AA, then you know what's one of the steps. Admit, I, I don't remember the exact wording, but it's to admit that you actually have a problem. <laughs> this is not to, to stop denying that we have something that we wish wouldn't dare. It's a hard truth to hear, isn't it? Because wouldn't it be much simpler if we could just keep doing affirmations and we didn't have to deal with our darkness, wouldn't it be much better if we could only focus on the light, but we don't have to look at our darkness? I'm sorry. It's not how this works. It's just not how this works. So then, we can go back to the story from last week. Jesus heals a paralytic. And I introduced the story. What's really important here in this first section... Why do you think evil in your hearts? Guess what that translates into? Why do we keep focusing on the false beliefs in our hearts? Why do we keep focusing on the things that we know we have, but we do everything we can? And unfortunately, a lot of spiritual practices even teach us to ignore it. But we should not. We should not think evil, meaning we should not keep focusing on the false belief But we need to remove that focus and give it to something else. But leave it alone, because guess what? If we keep removing the power that we give to what's hard to digest and we put it somewhere else that's a lot more comparable to what we actually want in life, guess what happens over time? The thing that we so want to go away will. But if we keep denying the fact that it's there and try to pretend that something else may be true, it's going to be much harder for us to convince ourselves, not others, but us, that what we truly desire is true because we're not dealing with the darkness. This is the passage to highlights the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive things, sins, but at the same time at the bottom, everyone realizes who had given such authority to human beings. This age-old belief that Jesus is the only one is just not true. It does not make any sense. If you read his teachings, if you read anything, If you go into Hebrew scriptures, read the teachings of the the ancient prophets of the kings, whoever is relevant to you, even of the Israelites, then you know, you just know it cannot be that there is just one man every couple of thousand years who has that power. But we we have that power because we were born with that power. And no one can take that power away from us. No one. Only we can. We are the ones who take the power away from us because we stop believing that there is such a power. And that's the journey, right? Journey from stop projecting your problems outside of yourself and start focusing a little bit more. Well, what could it be why, why I really get so angry? Could it be the reason why I'm so angry at the other person, could it be because there is a need that I have in my life that is currently not met. My, you know, One of my false beliefs, i shared that with you before, is, is I am not good enough. And you would not believe what I do still today in order to feed that hole, even though I know all this. And that might be a little bit discouraging because you go, well, if you can do it, <laughs> how can you? Um, and that would be a fair assessment. But I have to keep reminding myself that sometimes when I do something, when I work you know, long hours or when I go out of my way to accommodate people, that, and then I get angry at those same people that I accommodate or I get frustrated with my work because I work so much and I get sick and then I work much. And, you know, if I keep putting it outside of myself, guess what? I will never get anywhere. I have to acknowledge and take the power away I give to that simple thought that I am not good enough and affirm over and over again that I am good enough. Wouldn't you say that I am good enough? Okay, no, I get, I get that. No. <laughs> I'm just, because when I look at myself, that is not the truth, right? Do you, do you get where I'm getting at here? Do you, do you have like something similar you can relate to? That's really where I'm, what I'm trying to do, it's, it's to understand that God' power is within us to change it. We can change it. We might go to counseling, or go to a minister, or come to church to help us remind, right? To, to help us that, but we can do the work. Ultimately, we can do the work. We are not dependent on someone else. We're not dependent on a partner, not dependent on our work, I mean not de- even not dependent on a church. We can do the work ourselves. We just must be willing to do it. And granted, the church is a great place to help us remind. And also practice, right? That's why I always say, cheekishly, conflict in a church is awesome. because it gives us practice, (laughs) right? The reason why we have so much conflict in church sometimes is because so many of us are so passionate about wanting to let go of the pain and wanting to finally come home to Jesus, to Muhammad, to Abraham, to God. We have that desire so strongly within us that conflict, is just a natural byproduct. Because when we have that desire, we are surrounding ourselves with a community who is willing to challenge us, but also to remind us, to challenge us in ways that we may not necessarily like, but also to remind us in ways that we might find very, very surprising and helpful. So I hope this graph, I try to simplify it so you can imprint it a little bit. It's just a reminder, not a judgment. Do not judge yourself for doing this, because we all do. We all get up in the morning and go through our day, and we're all over the place, right? I actually believe even the great teachers, Jesus, Buddha, they were all over the place too. But what they did really well is to remind themselves, oh, wait a minute. If I am seeing the fault outside of me, Maybe there's something that I can learn, too. That's all we need to do. Nothing else. It's a wonderful reminder of our power. And I think I'll leave it at that. Sorry, I should have signaled Larissa. It's time for meditation. So while I get some water, I want you to relax. (coughs) Relax your body and mind and soul. Take a conscious breath, very conscious, all the way into your body, as far as you can possibly take it. And exhale, of course. We don't want anything to happen to you. But keep breathing with this conscious breath, in and out at your pace don't worry about rhythms don't worry about positions it's all a distraction it's all not necessary just breathe 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 allow your breath to become you And now I want you to consciously bring up anything that may have touched you today. Whether it's anything I said in the message or in prayer or anything the musicians so beautifully sang or anything our platform chairs, our congregants shared with you, anything that stuck out to you. And whether it's positive or negative, whether you struggle with it or you embrace it, I want you to do one thing. I want you to not deny that it's there. Just simply acknowledge for a moment, yes, you are a part of me. You, the light of the world. The light of the universe, the light of all existence is as much part of me as the darkness that dwells within me. And again, whether it's something that you perceive as negative or positive, our first step is not to deny not to deny that it's there. We do never, ever deny the existence of anything because all of it is relevant. All of it is relatable. And now if it is something that is dark and is troubling you, then what you can do is just simply Release the power that you may give to it now, today, or so often in your life. Just a simple release. Release as simple as imagining a water bottle in your hand, and all you do is you just open your hand just gently so the water bottle can fall Not difficult. It's as simple as that. Just release. And now take something that you truly desire in your life. Doesn't matter what it is, something big, something small. anything that you desire. And you affirm in this moment that you are that which you desire. That you are in the power to bring about what you truly desire. You are the one who can do it maybe alone, maybe together with others, but certainly together with God, with the divine, with the universe, because none can exist without the other. And then go back and release the power you give to anything that may hurt you, may follow you, may trouble you. And you go back to that desire and you keep affirming that desire and embrace it and love it and open your heart to it and bring it about into your life so powerfully so willingly and with so much conviction that there is no longer any doubt in your mind that this has become your truth And you sit with this truth. Because that is what you are. You're not your false beliefs. You're not your rejections. You're not your denials of things that are there. You're not your projections to other people. You're not anything but this truth that you chose. So release, forgive, crucify let go of all the power you give to that which is not true to be the truth itself and now as we come to a close just move into your heart space move into that very center of your heart your heart chakra and let it open let those lotus flowers spin until they spin so fast you can no longer see its individual leaves but you can feel the power that is drawn from the universe the power that's drawn from nature and is giving you all the power you need right now to open up and say the most powerful prayer you can ever say ever in your life thank you Thank you. Thank you. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.